Welcome to Campaign Chemistry, where we pick the brains of creative alchemists, business wizards, and marketing geniuses behind the world's greatest brands. I'm your host, Allison Weisbrot, editor of Campaign US, and my guest this week is Pancho Cassis, Global Chief Creative Officer at David. Cassis joined David in 2019, just before the world went into lockdown, meaning he had to build and manage teams as far away as Miami and Brazil from his home in Madrid. But the team delivered great work, including Budweiser's infamous decision to sit out the Super Bowl and Burger King's award-sweeping Stevenage Challenge. Consistency has been the key to success for David, as its nine-year relationship with Burger King has proven through its numerous accolades. Cassis also chats about where he's looking for talent in a tight market and how creative agencies have an opportunity to be strategic business partners to brands. Hi, Pancho. How are you? Hey. Hi. All good. All good. Thank you. Thanks for uh, making the time. I know you're calling all the way from Spain and we were just... I was just nerding out a little bit about how much I love Spain and, and speaking Spanish and Madrid. So thank you for indulging me in that. <laughs> no, thank you for inviting me. Spain is the, the best place ever. Yeah, it really is. Um, but so you started your advertising career and you're from Latin America. So talk about, um, you know, what it was like going through your sort of formative years in advertising there and then and then the transition to the U.S., well, my formative years were actually all of the years, right? Since I was born, because my dad used to be uh, creative. He mm. ended up being the president of Leo Burnett in Chile. So I grew up with this crazy dude at home doing this work that sounded so fun, always bringing stuff home, always spending like three hours in the supermarket trying everything new uh, and going to shoots and stuff. So I... I, I Honestly, I, I always knew that I wanted to do something like that. So I, I learned a lot from him. And then, well, I, 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 I went to, to university, which actually I, I need to confess because I have a doubt in some moment. And my dad was like, no, advertising is going to hell. Clients are paying less and less. Do something better. And I actually studied economics for a year, but I failed most of it. I didn't fail like two, uh, but but all all of the different topics in the in in that year of economics, I failed them. And then I said, well, who am I, you know, trying to fool? I want to do advertising, and then I moved to advertising. Mm. And um, since day one, I, I I tried to to do both, like study and work, and and try to do trainings and stuff. So I was like like three years in Chile. And then I was lucky enough to win uh, a very important, you know, award show in that time, which was the Young Guns in mm -hmm. Australia, which uh, had a, a prize of uh, a three-month internship anywhere in the world, paid. So when I won that, I said, "Okay, this is my this is my momento, right? This is my moment to go and try something different." And that's when also, you know. Every every amazing thing you were saying about Spain uh, made sense, right? Uh, also, I'm a huge football fan, so living in Spain and 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 working in in cool agencies because Spain was super sexy by the time you know beginning of the 2000s. Uh, I I moved here, right? 
And then after my years uh, here and then at Lola Malolo, I started working globally. And then David came and I and I and I moved to to David Miami and started working, you know, super uh, close to the team and in the American market, which is for me is where everything happens. Right. It's the, not only the biggest market, but it's the most important, the one that it's more inspiring and and it's super exciting. Yeah, for sure. So. Going back to those days when you were sort of growing up around advertising and creativity, like what what drew you to it? Uh, was it the the idea of working with brands? Was it the, the creative aspect? Like what made you sort of know you wanted to do that? I think that in the beginning, uh, it was the fact that you could see that your dad enjoyed what he was doing, right? Mm. His work. My classmates were envious of of. Uh, what my dad did, you could see that their dads were a bit boring, no? And and probably they did really well, but but no one felt so much proud on what their dad was doing. And, and he was fun, right? And in that sense, I was like, yeah, this could be, this could be fun too. And I think that the creative aspect is what uh, made me, you know, take the decision of doing this for life. Uh, we are six siblings, <laughs> and all of us are, are kind of creative. And my dad was always says like, oh, I had six kids, and none of them got a, like a decent uh, profession, like doctors, <laughs> lawyers, something like that. All of them are, my, my sister is movie director, the other one is a coach, uh, the other one is, uh, you know, we, we all have creative uh, professions, so... But, but I think it was part of what we lived at home and how we grew up, right? Uh, yeah. I think it's, it's important to, to see this figure at home that enjoys his work because, sadly, most of people don't enjoy their work. They just go, they do it fast, and they go back home. That is and true. being lucky enough to see someone that really enjoyed it uh, was super inspiring. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think you're doing pretty well without being a doctor or a lawyer. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Thanks, God. I don't know if I had the patience to study yeah. that much. Yeah. So, um, so what's it? What was it like um, after working in like Spanish-speaking markets? You're in uh, Chile, and then you're in Madrid. Coming to the U.S., like, what what is it like? Sort of being a Hispanic uh, creative executive in this in this market. I think the market is so big and there's so many opportunities that that even when you come from such a remote place as Chile and all your experience has been in Europe, having big brands and global brands uh, from Unilever, from Burger King, blah, 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 but, but it's been in Europe. I think that the U.S. is so big and has so much opportunities that it, it has always an opportunity for you, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that in that sense, uh, what, what I felt, in love with David, besides being a huge fan of what they did in the past, when this opportunity came up, I was like, uh, yeah, there's there's so much in common between the culture I like to have in my teams uh, mm -hmm. here at Lola with what they had, that I knew that there was something that could be super relevant and interesting for the clients in the U.S. I think that of course, we have a very diverse team. We have people from everywhere. Actually, among our four offices, we have more than 27 nationalities. Oh. Uh, the last one to join uh, was a copywriter uh, from Portugal, but he was born in Angola, which is 
super cool. So I think that that part was was like, yeah, getting to the U.S., seeing the amount of opportunities and trying to 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 know how make our way of working relevant for clients, which was kind of easy because in a, such a big market, you know, when you get such a personalized experience with a with a boutique agency, I think that uh, that is super interesting for many many clients. Mm, for sure, and so. You also joined, you joined David in uh, 2019, right? So you had to, you were in the U.S., but you were also kind of trapped in, in Spain for most of the time, right? Because of COVID, is that correct? Yeah, I joined, uh, I, I actually signed during Cannes in 2019. So I met the teams, I met the clients, everything. And then I started working. I was actually leaving on an American Airlines flight. I was going from Monday to Monday to, to Miami. And then, yeah, a couple of months later in, in February, March, we got all locked up and, and I stayed in, in Madrid. Um, but but I think that, yeah, technology, I don't like actually working from home. And I think our teams love being together and being, I think it, it helps creativity. But it, technology proved that in the worst case scenario, in an emergency, you can you can keep doing good work. I went to bed very late, uh, many, many days and many, many weeks because of the six hours difference, but but it was worth it. Yeah. What was it like, you know, building a, t a team and, and coming in to lead a team from, you know, some in, in Miami when you're as far away as, as Madrid? It was difficult uh, at first because especially I had to stay awake uh, super late. But I think that in the period between 2019 and, and when we were locked down, um, I was able to put together a team that was super good. We had many people at the office that were already super good. And, and there was a lot of my way of working is super close to the teams, right? We use a lot of WhatsApp that I know that in the States you prefer to use just Messenger. But, but, but you know, that type of contact every day at any hour was uh, something that kept us alive, right? And, and again, I couldn't be Miami, but also many, of, many people in the team, they went back to their, their, their parents' places or they went uh, to a safer place or they moved. So actually there was not too many people in Miami. So we gather around the Zoom call and, and try to do our best. Mm, yeah. And you mentioned you don't you don't really like working from home. I think a lot of creatives feel that way. They want that energy um, in the room. They want people together. How, do you sort of feel like creativity has suffered because of lockdowns? And how have you sort of tried to keep that spark alive among your teams? Yes, I think it suffers a lot because uh, we know that creativity is not logical right we ideas don't come up after uh, you do a process is it's something that just happens you put you need to put a lot of time and think into it but it can happen anywhere and it and it most of the time it happens when you're you know just sharing time with your partners asking a question just walking around the office and seeing someone else's work you get an idea for something that you're working on and i think that all that human interaction was lost uh, I think it was a really hard time actually for the most junior ones and actually the the interns because they learn by seeing right and and you don't you don't you don't organize a zoom meeting just to ask a question right so they were a bit alone and we tried to focus a lot of 
uh, on them and try to be close to them. Again, WhatsApp, calling every few days, uh, saving time for them to ask. Uh, but I, I can see how the teams were like, uh, super happy when we came back here in Madrid, that was September, and how the teams were happy in Brazil that we went back a couple of weeks before Omicron got crazy. I think creatives need to be around creatives to actually bring the best out of them, right? Mm -hmm. And and you were saying, what did we do to keep the spark? I think that the key thing that we do, and this was super important, was that we took, we did an exercise of, of honesty mixed with humbleness and we took pressure out of the teams. We told them, team, uh, we are David, you are David. You've done amazing work in the last seven years. Everyone knows it. So if we need time now to give it a break a little bit, we can, right? Just mm -hmm. relax. Maybe we won't be creating new Steven Ages or, or Moldy Whoppers in this, in this couple of months, uh, but we will do great work and we will be on top of our client business. Uh, but let's try our best, but let's not put extra pressure on ourselves, right? So that was a bit, I think, what, what worked the best for us, like taking away the pressure uh, from the teams to deliver as good as we have delivered in the past. Like, mm. no, clients first uh, and always having our health and our, our mental health and our time first too, right? We already have the credit. We already have done really good work. If for whatever reason, uh, good work doesn't come up this next year, nothing will happen, right? And I think that from that uh, from that, uh, let's say, confidence in the team and that like, hey, let's relax. Many, many, many good campaigns came up, right? Confusing Times for Burger King, you know, Menu Court and, and many more. The big, bigger picture for Budweiser. So I think that it, it actually paid, paid out. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So how did you take that pressure off? Did you just tell teams like, don't worry about if this is going to win at Cannes or like just sort of like, deliver on what we need to do for the client? Like, how do you, how do you relieve that pressure? Because I would imagine every year there is that pressure to like do better, be more creative, win more awards, all of that. Yeah. But I think that the, it's not an endless thing, right? If you win, if you are lucky to win, like we were this year, super, well, last year, super lucky to win four Grand Prix, one Titanium, um, 29 Lions, all of that it's impossible to do it better next year. And even if you do it better next year, imagine that we're lucky instead of four Grand Prix, we win five and three titaniums and 45 lions, it's impossible to beat it. So what I try to, to, to always tell the teams, and I think that it, they, they know it by heart and it's part of the culture is that it's not, around, it's not about the awards, mm -hmm. it's about the good work. And sometimes the work won't win because winning has also a big percentage of, of luck in mm. it, right? The jury, and I've been in juries where there's an idea uh, in the, on the screen and suddenly someone knocks the door and asks the whole jury if we want some coffee and suddenly 
you say, yeah, yeah, I want to, blah, blah, blah. And you go back and the, the idea is gone. And voting 5,000 ideas, you never go back to that idea. So I think that winning also has a lot of luck into it. So we take the pressure around winning. We only put the pressure on, let's do the best we can for our clients, the best ideas on the table to help them move their businesses. And then if they win, great. If they don't win, no. But what we mm. need to do is do great ideas every year because I do believe that the biggest award is consistency, right? Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I got to David two and a half years ago, but the agency was super consistent in the past. Allison, David is not even 10 years old. We're turning 10 years old this year, and hopefully yeah. we're going to be able to throw a big party to celebrate it. But look what this team has done and what we're doing now, and it's huge for, for such a small agency. So I think that's the biggest award, consistency. Every year having something that that moves business and people love and people share. Yeah, no, it's super impressive what, what David has been able to accomplish um, in, in just such a short period of time. And I think some of its most famous work is, is for Burger King. You mentioned Stevenage, you mentioned uh, Moldy Whopper, two really iconic campaigns that did win a lot of awards, but were also just really smart and strategic executions for the brand. Talk about, um, you know, the relationship that, that David has with Burger King and, you know, how that sort of like, how that changes now that Burger King's has had a CMO change. How do you sort of keep that consistency alive um, in a market where everything's changing so quickly? Yeah, everything is changing super quick. We need to adapt a lot. Uh, and we also need to, you know, when you're side by side with your client, you know, uh, super focused on their business, you can adapt faster with them, right? You are with them. I, I love that many of our clients, when they verbalize how they feel working with David, they say that we, they feel that we're like kind of an extension of their marketing department. And that is great because they 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 take us to the kitchen. They they show us their real problems. We discuss business problems, not briefs. Then we build a brief, of course, and we do advertising. That's what we do. But we like to go deep. And and one one good example, and it's not Burger King, it's Corona. But the the new Corona Sambru that we just launched, mm -hmm. uh, that comes with vitamin D. That's an idea that comes from the agency and comes from the agency because the client has a great relationship with us and shares business problems and was able to get one of our ideas and turn it into a real product after years of hard work to make that happen, right? Um, and in the case of Burger King, I think that even with the changes, you know, we, we are handling the business in some of their most key markets like the US, Brazil is huge, Spain is one of the best performing markets and a leader in Europe. We have Portugal too. And uh, so they feel like we're part of the team and we can adapt, right? And I think mm -hmm. that there's trust built over time because people now, many times people just see Stephen H. Moldy, they see uh, uh, Google Home of the Whopper previously to that and, and they just see you know, the the shiny things, but there's a lot of strategic work and a lot of a lot of effort into the into the day to day into building the business, building the new launches, you know, uh, helping keep the brand relevant. And it's been little by little. Right. The team mm -hmm. started, you know, nine years ago, eight years ago with Proud Whopper. 
that was a hit and it was probably the first big brand uh, doing something so impactful and and and, and relevant and, and nice with with the LGBTQ uh, plus community, then they started doing this and that, and then the burning stores the same year that that, and then Google Home of the World. It was like crazy, but it was a process. And I mm-hmm. think that Fernando and the Burger King team uh, now they have this culture of of trying to always do the best out of the opportunities we have. And that's why I think that Burger King as a brand has been able to, how do we say, not suffer from this, you know, uh, like waves that happen, right? Sometimes you see big brands having like a very good year and suddenly two years later, you don't see one idea of that brand, you know, uh, being shared by people on the news or even winning awards, right? And 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 I think that we and the team before uh, was we were able to avoid the the you know that year of 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 really good results and then disappearing, right? That is mm. what happens. These are cycles, so we're trying to fight the cycle, right? And stay relevant and stay creative and stay inspiring for the rest of the industry uh, year after year, hopefully. So how much does that have to do with the consistency and the relationship you have with your clients? Because I think, you know, a lot of clients, they either have like a, a cycle where they just pitch every three or five years just because, and then some they're looking for the next new shiny thing or the CMO is leaving and they didn't deliver results. Like, is it possible without consistency to, to deliver on these, these kinds of creative campaigns? I think that there's a chance you could do it, but, but, you know, history has proven us that uh, when you have a good relationship is when you get the best out of, out of both teams, right? And both the agency and the client. Nike wouldn't be Nike if they would have been changing agencies every five years, right? Right. And that's how you see the difference with Nike competitors when you see what they do and they change claims every six years and then they change strategy and suddenly they do in CrossFit, but then they go back to football and then they do basketball and no, they do then. Because there's no like a, clear like a clear view being shared by the agency and the right and the client and i think that we've been lucky enough to be working with burger king for the last nine years yes there have been a lot of changes uh this year but i think that the culture that that rbi has and the culture we've built as you know this burger king david team is stronger than the people coming in and out right and 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 i think that we trust each other and hopefully we're going to be able to keep the consistency and keep the good work mm. and, and, and moving the business forward. For sure. So I want to follow up on the Corona work that you guys just did with the vitamin D infused beer. Um, to me, this is just a great example of like the remit of the creative agency expanding beyond just a TV ad or a social media ad to product development and launching and, and distribution. Do you feel like, um, you know, there's room to run in that direction with your clients. Like also, you know, because of these long-term relationships you have to get more involved in launching new products and actually creating like ideas that will move the business. I think that we should move as an industry there. Right. And, and, and when, 
when I left uh, Lola uh, Malelo, that was doing really well, we were the ninth agency in the world. Uh, we were the best agency in Latin America and in Spain, blah, blah, blah. I left because I felt that there was something bigger we could do. I felt like we were uh, not using the full potential or of our creative teams, right, of our strategic teams. And that's why many people were leaving for Facebook, for Uber, for, uh, you know, tech companies were stealing our creatives because they knew the talent we had. And, and when I left, I said, I want to start a company that is more than an agency. It's a company that can sit at the table like a company, sharing ideas, talking about business problems and bringing creativity to fix those problems. And that's when David appeared, uh, my partner, Fernando Musa, uh, shared this vision of, of what, you know, advertising agencies should like in the next 10 years, uh, more like creative companies instead of just advertising agencies. And that's when we, we started. And I think that Corona is a nice example of how the brief was around building the brands in a couple of markets where there's, there's not so much sun every year. Actually, there's not so much culture of uh, beaches, sun, and outdoor life. And then instead of doing a campaign that tweaked that, we came up with the idea of actually creating a product that could actually be beneficial for the consumers and could actually do something for them if they were living in places like uh, London, China, Canada, you know, the UK, where, where the days of sun are few and and the vitamin D uh, you get uh, from direct exposure is less than what is recommended, right? So I think that could be the future because all agencies have super strong talent in their creative teams. And if we talk business with clients, I think that it's more or less the same job. We're just coming up with ideas. The thing is, the idea is for the product, the thing is the idea is for the for a user experience of an app. The idea is for a how we launch and how we distribute this product. Uh, but in the end, there are ideas, right? And, mm -hmm. and that's what's interesting. Yeah, it's super interesting to see like agencies are definitely trying to move into that more strategic business oriented direction. Um, you mentioned talent and how you know talent was starting to go to Facebook and all these different companies. Um, now that like, how do you see the talent challenge in the marketplace right now from from David's perspective? How are you attracting and retaining talent at the agency amid the great resignation or whatever you want to call it? Everyone's sort of reassessing their jobs and their priorities right now. Yeah, I, I, I think this COVID has accelerated many of the processes that were going to happen naturally in the next 10 years because of technology. Uh, I think that it's hard. It's hard to, to, to find talent right now because there's less options because many people felt like, hey, working from home is fine uh, and I can do the same job, even less, and make the same money or even more. Uh, but I think that uh, what, and this is, uh, it's hard for us, but because we take a lot of time trying to hire people, we take a lot, a lot of time because for us, uh, the culture of the team is super important. And, and I personally, as a creative leader, I'm not willing to put the good vibes of a creative department at risk just for the sake of getting the guy who just won, I don't know, 17 lions, 
but he's a rock star or he's a prick, right? Uh, so, <laughs> so having people that want to be on the same boat, going the same place and with good vibes, putting the personal human values on top of uh, awards and the rest, I think is hard. Um, but I don't know. I think that, that uh, for attracting um, talent, I think that we're doing many things besides uh, what we're doing, of course, as work. I think work is always the best, uh, you know, recruitment tool you have, because I also think that work is the best new business tool you have. Clients call us to ask for another Stephen H., for another bigger picture, for another moldy whopper. They don't call us because of our, you know, end year results, right? Because of a number on an Excel, which is also right. good. But, but I think that works move everything. And I think that also being such a small agency, what people say about us, it's also interesting because our creative stock, people who come to work with us as freelancers stock, and, and they feel the vibe. And I think that that also helps us recruit. But I agree with you. It's it's tough talents because suddenly there's like uh, much uh, there's fewer people willing to to work in an office, right? And and work in one place and work yeah. with one group of people when they can freelance and and in a way not have the the responsibility towards the end of the process, right? Right. Are you looking in new places for creative talent? Um, I feel like there's a lot of a lot of like agencies are now starting to look outside of the industry. Yeah, I think that, I don't know. It, it's now maybe many agencies are doing it because they need to, because it's hard to get uh, teams in. But I, I think that we've been doing that for, for many years, since my days at Lola, where we got, you know, a, a young scriptwriter that was studying cinema and we got it in and he made one of the, best campaigns we did one year then we got you know a painter a brazilian painter and then boom he turned out to be an amazing art director now he went back to painting but we were able to experience i think that all these people that come in maybe they won't last because uh they won't last forever because they were not they, they didn't uh maybe study advertising and maybe they don't have the drive to to marketing to selling products blah blah, blah. but they they make the, the team's richer and just the, for example, the, this artist that we had, he spent two years and a half with us and mm -hmm. how, how we all learn and how the team got richer just because we had this super interesting person in the team. It's, it's, it's incredible, right? So we always try to look for those, those players in the, in the team. Yeah, for sure. So what are, there's so much changing right now uh, in the marketplace when it comes to creativity, like everyone's talking about the metaverse and NFTs and all these different like new canvases that are emerging. What, are, what, what creative trend is most exciting to you as you look out into this year? Like what are you most excited about making or exploring or having your team sort of really dig into? No, I, I think that the trends kind of come and go now, right? We all talking about the metaverse. Everyone is crazy with NFTs. There's already a couple of brands doing NFTs and blah, blah. But I, 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 I of course, we get excited by all of that. But, but I think that the bigger picture of turning ourselves into 
you know, these partners that can solve with creativity, whatever business problem they throw at us, I think that's for me the most exciting because sometimes it's going to be a product like the new Corona Sunbrew. Sometimes it's going to be a UX. Sometimes it's going to be, uh, you know, uh, coming up with a, with a community or a solution for, for, for an app. I don't know. I think that, that that is what excites me, you know, the, the fact that nothing is here for sure and that mm. today is one thing and tomorrow can be another thing and we're prepared to put creativity uh, on the table no matter the problem. Right? Mm -hmm. So more of like this, using creativity as a strategic tool for business. Yeah, I think that what excites me, it's putting our creativity in more problems, right? Putting mm -hmm. it in the hands of more, not even clients, startups, uh, entrepreneurs, people who need an idea to make their business uh, grow, right? Mm -hmm. And in that sense, yeah, it can be technology today. It can be that. We're thinking different things. Uh, for example, one of the, we are now pre-producing a short film uh, that is purely uh cinema is no brand is attached to it uh we hope to send it to many uh you know uh, film uh award shows soon and and do that whole thing because not only because of the short film itself which is nice but just like with the people in the team who are artists because of the learning we can get from uh doing that that process that is new to us, right? Because mm -hmm. sending stuff to Cannes, to Clio's, winning the one show, whatever, it's something that we will keep doing, but we mm -hmm. know, we already know by heart. We know perfectly how to do an entry, uh, how to choose categories. But when you do a film, a 15 minutes short film, yeah, you mm -hmm. need to do a whole different process. And maybe that process will help us grow and understand other things that can help our clients, you know, create content or, or, or enter, you know, Twitch streaming or whatever. Right. And, mm -hmm. and that's what we feel that it's interesting. Awesome. Well, one thing you definitely know how to do is make a Super Bowl ad, um, which, is, <laughs> which is coming up or not make a Super Bowl ad, which you did for Bud Light. I mean, Budweiser last year. Um, yeah. Talk about like, what are you expecting to see during this year's game? There's obviously it's a big, creative advertising showcase what, what are you excited about and are you are you working on anything for super bowl are you allowed to share that yes yes <laughs> i cannot share it yet because it's it's top secret but yeah we're doing super bowl again this year um it was a crazy process i think the campaign is is super fun and in the end we get to a really good campaign but it was crazy because we had a celebrity until one moment then the celebrity accepted a role in a big film so he he canceled and then we have to start working from scratch the last week of november so it was crazy but but i think it's going to be good and every super bowl is different i think and that's what i've learned since i got to david when we did you know 2020 2021 and now we did 2022 is like every process and every client is different sometimes you have a lot of time and it's great. Sometimes you have a lot of time and it's not that great because it, you give room for changes, testing, and then the original idea gets a bit, you know, diluted. Sometimes you have short time like we had now, but, but you know, we don't go through so many processes and the idea is great. I don't know. And, and each one also has their own context. I think that for Super Bowl, besides uh, playing by the book a little bit, you know, do something impactful, maybe use celebrities, a big ad, music, blah, blah, blah. 
the ideas that actually work better also play on the context, right? And that's why we were super happy last year when when the Badweiser uh, client uh, approved this crazy idea of actually after 37 years in a row, for the first time, not air the Super Bowl ad and mm-hmm. put all that money into the vaccination program and actually uh, delivering that message, right? That in the end, I think people got it. It's like, hey, we are a big sponsor of the Super Bowl. We're going to be in everyone's home uh, this Sunday. But for us, it's, most, it's more important that this year, instead of being the Super Bowl, we can help people so they can enjoy the next Super Bowl, right? Because last yeah. year, it was it was very important to get Backed and 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 it was a great effort and the and the client loved it right so it's yeah it's 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 just, a super bowl so <laughs> <laughs> it's it was super creative and um and definitely made a big splash which is exactly what you want during the super bowl so I'm excited to see what you guys come up with this year I will be watching and tweeting and doing all the things so um, <laughs> thank you so Hopefully much you're gonna like it. Yeah, I'm sure I will. Thank you so much for um, your time, Poncho. It was great to chat with you. And um, yeah, we'll, oh, we'll thank you. Soon. Thank you for in, for inviting me. And, and yeah, we can chat whenever you want. It was great. That's all the time we have this week. Thanks for tuning in to Campaign Chemistry, and we'll see you next time.